Dear fellow redeemed, we briefly consider our reading from the book of Numbers chapter 6. That was our first reading today. And as we begin on this day that we celebrate as Trinity Sunday, the, the Sunday following Pentecost, as we kind of round the bend, round the corner into the season of Pentecost, the Sundays after Trinity, as we have made the shift from focusing on the events of the life of Christ and then throughout the summertime until Reformation, the end of October, we will focus more on the teachings of Christ and what Jesus has to say specifically to his church today. But we take one day, one Sunday, out of, out of that whole system for Trinity Sunday, where often we hear either this first reading from Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you as we conclude every worship service. Or perhaps we hear Isaiah and Isaiah's vision from Isaiah chapter 6, as he sees the, the angels calling back and forth to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And it gives us enough of a glimpse to understand what one writer said, that the teachings of Scripture are simple enough for a child to play in, like water in a puddle at the beach, but still deep enough for an elephant to lose its footing and not be able to swim in. That the teachings of Scripture are simple enough where we have the same truth confessed with just a couple of words, a couple of verses from Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you, and then we stand up together for four and a half minutes and read through the Athanasian Creed. And every time that we do, it just catches your attention and catches your mind where some of the ways that our human minds have perhaps lapsed into thinking are spelled out. That that's not what God means when he talks about Trinity and unity, three in one and one in three. And as we stand and confess this together, by the time we get to the end of the second page of the confession, it's almost shaking your head. As though this is so far beyond me, then what is the practical benefit and what is the point? So then why would we take a day, a Sunday, out of all the precious few that we have in the course of a year? to discuss a little bit this, this trinity, this God who is three in one and one in three. Why would we take a day when it's simple enough for us to understand, simple enough for us to, to teach our children, simple enough that we, we just say the Apostles' Creed, and that's like 30 seconds instead of four and a half minutes. And why would we take a day when we could have all the day and all the week and perhaps multiple weeks discussing the, the reality of the triune God and the various ways that this has been distorted. That if our triune God is so, and the teaching of our triune God is so important for us to take a Sunday, then surely, surely it is important enough for us to take multiple Sundays or perhaps a quarter of the year to delve into all that scripture says about this God and the way that he has revealed himself and all the ways that Christians in the past and in the present have gone off the rails. And it's almost like we're in the middle. <laughs> Here we are. Either the truth is so simple that we don't need to talk about it, or it is so deep that we should spend almost all of our time talking about it. And then God speaks through Moses to Aaron. And this is like 1400 B.C. 
1435, I think, if you want the most precise date. 1435 BC, and here we are in 2022, and we still use this same blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord looks upon you with his favor and gives you his peace. And the purpose is right there in this reading. In this way, they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And perhaps that verse, verse 27 from Numbers chapter 6, that verse gives us the comfort and is the key to understanding why do we talk about the Trinity on this one day and why not all the days or why at all if it is so simple that it's either difficult or it's simple in this way they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them and we kind of understand that from from our human perspective you think of something that you really treasure, that you value, or that you are legally obligated to. Your name is there on the dotted line as you flip through all the pages of refinancing your mortgage over the last year or two. You gotta initial all the pages and sign at the bottom and the, then the notary stamps them all. You put your name on that because it belongs to you. And in a sense, you are legally obligated to what that contract and the terms of that contract spell out. You also put your name on things that are close to you that you value. For instance, when, when a couple gets married, they then often, usually, share the same name. When a child is born, that child is given a name. And even <laughs> in, in years past, we might refer to um, holy baptism as they, their christening, where they receive their Christian name. And that concept of, of a name really helps us to understand who this triune God is and why he spends his time telling us about himself. Because he cares about you. Because he has made you his own. In this way, they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. And when, he, when God puts his name on someone or something, it's because he cares about them. But we also recognize that you and I haven't earned that name, or maybe haven't lived up to that name. That's kind of our experience, isn't it? Where we understand and we know the spiritual truth of what God did there at Holy Baptism. And we know and understand the comfort that we, would, that we would receive as God put his name on us before exiting his house once more. And then the rest of the week kind of hits us in the face. The rest of the week is there and the frustration that you had laid down for a day or two over the weekend is there again on Monday morning. The worry that you hadn't known you should worry about is all of a sudden right there in your face. Why did this happen? Is my relative going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? And it's almost like, it's almost like that name and all the blessing of that name is so far away that the name would apply to us and rest upon us for our comfort. And then we, we follow it up with a hymn, and it's a wonderful boost to our day and to our week. But then as the week goes on, 
does that name seem to fade into the background or even fade in value? And that's why it's worthwhile for us to take a few moments to talk about who this triune God is and what he does, because you can't separate the two. In this way, they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And we still use that exact same blessing today and God's promise for for you and me stands the same as it was for them. In this way, I will put my name on my people and I will bless them. That despite the, the failings and the shortfallings and the sin, despite the frustration that is there, God has put his name on you. God has put his name on you in a very special way, in a very real way, and in a way that, that persists and continues. When God has put his name on you, he, yes, he wrote it on your heart at your baptism, and he repeats it for you and me to hear, for you and me to hear as we go about our daily lives. That each day, it's, it's entirely possible you could rise and wake up and say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, because my Lord has put his name on me. That is the blessing that we are talking about here. This triune God who reveals himself to us in Scripture as the only God. That there is no other God. That every other religion is nothing but the worship of, of demons. And that there is no other God. That he is the one who created all things and through whom all things were made. He is the one who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yet not three gods, but one. He is the one, the, the second person of the Trinity, is the one who has taken on our humanity. Who has joined us and who carried our sin for us. So that you can know that when God puts his name on you, this isn't just some pious wish. This isn't some um, meaningless effort and mumbling. This is God actually and effectively saying, Dear Christian, this is who you are now. This is who you are now. That even as the rest of the week go, go, drags on, and even as you might you know, confront the, the temptation that has seemed so powerful in the past, that here in these words, you have the promise of your God that he has put his name on you. And that where his name is, there he is, with all of his blessing and all of his power and all of his might. That when he says, dear Christian, in this way, my name rests on you, that's a truth that you can hold on to. That when God wrote his name on you, he didn't use a, a sharpie or a laundry pen. He used the blood of his son. He used the water of holy baptism. And he put his name on you so that Satan himself would have to run away and cannot stand before you. He put his name on you to remind you that, that he has bought you and that he has legally obligated himself to you. Much like signing a mortgage, but, but even more and even more long-lasting. That he has legally obligated himself to having forgiven your sin and saying to you, Dear Christian, whatever your name, whatever reputation, whatever shortfalling that you think you have, you have nothing to be ashamed of 
Because this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has written his name on you. He has made you his own. And that name matters more than any other name or reputation or nickname that you could have, any other possession that you could have for all eternity. The name of your Lord, who has promised to bless you, who has promised to keep you, who has promised to make you his own. And that's the shift in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord told Moses to speak to Aaron and to his sons and to tell them to bless the Israelites with these words. That's verses 22 and 23. And you can picture it. I mean, it's the exact same thing that we do here. There's Aaron or his sons or the other high priest at the conclusion of the worship service, raising their hands nice and high and, um, and declaring loudly and placing God's name on his people, on this entire mass of people. But then there's a shift in verses 24, 25, and 26. And it doesn't come through in English because... Because of a quirk of the English language, you know, we should find a different language to use, perhaps, or at the very least explain some of this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. All those words where he says you, 24, bless and keep, 25, shine on you and be gracious to you, look on you with favor and give you peace. Every single time that he says you, it's a singular, an individual where when God puts his blessing on the people, he's not just talking about the people. He shifts to say, dear individual believer, dear individual Christian, this is God's promise to you. This is God's work for you. This is God's blessing to you. That you can have the confidence that your Lord who, who laid down his life is the same Lord who has addressed you individually and personally with your own name. And he's written over that with his own blood to say this is who you are now. You have a Lord who wants to bless you and keep you. And even as the next reading would show from Romans chapter 5, sometimes that blessing and keeping looks a little bit more like suffering to our perception than it looks like the blessing we might expect. But it's true that he still wants to bless you individually and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Kind of like when you visit a friend's house or you see a relative in person that you haven't seen for a long time and their face just lights up. That's God's attitude toward you now. The Lord make his face shine upon you that God has said that his face lights up at the thought of you for the sake of his son. That he is gracious to you. That, in other words, he still provides daily bread and all the things that Martin Luther talked about there as if there was anything that he could leave out. That he is still um, effectively gracious to you. That it's not just a pious wish, but it's a spiritual reality because he has put his name on you. The Lord look, look on you with favor and give you peace. And that this Lord who is smiling upon you wants you to to know that you can have peace of mind and peace of heart, that there is peace between you and the God of the universe, that there is peace that persists into all eternity. And that's really what we're talking about when, when God says that he puts his name on his people. That's the reality that we took 
four and a half minutes to try to explain as thoroughly as possible, or that you could ask the children and they'd be able to say in three or four sentences. The same truth is not just a, a deep truth for us to bat about and discuss as though it is beyond, beyond discussion because it is beyond comprehension. No, that truth is simple enough for us to hold on to each day and to recognize that this is the Lord who has put his name on me. This is the Lord who has declared to you and to me individually exactly what he intended to do and exactly what he has carried out. And that is what our Lord wants us to remember every time that that, that blessing or a similar one is announced. That the Lord blesses you as an ongoing reality. He still keeps you. He looks on you with favor. He smiles upon you and his face lights up when he looks at you and thinks of you. He, um, he is gracious to you. He still gives you his undeserved love in all of its full measure and with the undeserved promise of his continuing good favor toward you. The Lord looks on you with his favor and gives you peace. <laughs> Who doesn't need that? That here we are in this world where maybe who knows what tomorrow morning will bring, who knows what the next week will bring, but you have a promise from God that he has put his name on you and that despite the circumstances of your life, past, present, or future, you have peace with your Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.